Hi, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Manufacturing Talks. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by the leadership team at Tiger Robotics. Dmitry Ignikov, co-founder and CEO, Ilya Jovanovic, COO, and Brian Sturman, co-founder, to speak about their participation in NGEN's Supply AI program and their plans for 2020. Thank you both for uh, joining me. Um, I was really interested and excited to read the announcement from NGEN about uh, Supply uh, AI and the, and the cohort being announced to... Uh, help a number of advanced uh, manufacturers and tech companies uh, scale up their businesses. Um, really excited to hear about Tiger Robotics. As I understand it, uh, you know, Tiger Robotics is using uh, AI-powered uh, pick-and-place robots for sorting and packaging and uh, things like that. Um, what I'm really curious about is what you're, uh, as a business, what you're hoping to get out of the Supply AI program. For the Supply AI program, we're really looking for three parts. We're looking for help messaging and and phrasing what our what our company does so i'm not sure if you know about this but we've actually pivoted into what we're doing now we used to be a search and rescue company working on vr robotics for hazardous environments so for nuclear for emergency response and at the beginning of 21 we pivoted into doing this and one of the reasons was that we saw that bigger corporations uh, were able to afford afford robots but people who are really struggling to find labor were not. And that's the problem we're trying to solve. But going through that pivot also changed our customer base quite a bit. So we really do need some help figuring out what is the right way to, to message and to communicate what we're doing to our new customer segment. And of course, the demo day, the customer outreach and everything else they're providing is also incredibly helpful. Okay, so just to clarify, you mentioned three things that you're really looking to get out of the supply AI program. One of them was the uh, right way to message customers. Can you reiterate what the other two were? Uh, help with customer outreach and the other. Uh, demo day. Demo day is going to be cool. So I guess that leads perfectly into my next question. You know, what's the key focus or what are the key goals over the next six months uh, at Tiger Robotics? What's the main focus at the business right now? I think all of us will have a couple of different different perspectives, so everybody can chime in. My focus for this is to take our tech to the next level on the technical side, on the AI side, and also to really get good at uh, filling a customer pipeline to basically get uh, get to the point where, like I said, we could communicate what we do and start identifying customers easily and bringing them on board. Uh, my next question was, I sort of, uh, you know, obviously the supply chain troubles have been uh, a huge issue in the news uh, for a lot of manufacturers. Uh, what I'm wondering is how AI-enabled robots, pick-and-place robots that are sorting and packaging fit into alleviating supply chain troubles. Where do they fit into the uh, supply chain? So we're not actually supply chain experts. That's yeah. part of the reason why we joined Supply AI. Um, but from what we've seen is there seems to be a lot of sporadic demand and being able to have capacity on hand that can meet that demand when it comes up is a lot easier done with robotics than it is with labor, especially with the labor shortage right now. The other thing is we're probably seeing a lot of businesses moving some of their processing steps in country versus doing it overseas to minimize how much shipment and logistics needs to happen. And if say a company, instead of drop shipping straight from China decides to set up a warehouse here in Canada, uh, because it's easier to get something, it's easier to get their items in bulk and then distribute locally. Well, now they need labor to do that distribution, that packaging. And that's something where a robot like this could come in. 
that leads perfectly into what I was wanted to ask about next, which is about uh, this trend we're seeing in manufacturing where uh, a lot of them are nearshoring and onshoring their businesses and bringing it in from abroad. And obviously robot robotics um, has a huge part to play there. Uh, but I also want to ask about the ongoing labor shortage. And uh, specifically, <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed is that manufacturing is a is a pretty saturated market when it comes to robots and, and cobots and things like that. So what I wanted to ask about um, is how the Tiger Robotics development is different from some of the robots that are currently available on the market. I'm wondering if you can maybe speak to um, some of the things that Tiger Robotics is able to do different. I think to an extent, it's a matter of scale and scalability. So there are a lot of robots out there. They are helping manufacturers do things every day. Any, any car manufacturer will have tons of robots welding things on a regular basis. But if you look smaller scale, if you go off of a massive Ford plant and you look at somebody who's a smaller scale manufacturer or a logistics company or a bakery owner, there isn't automation that can help them. Like pick and place and packaging applications exists at all scales of businesses. So I think that's where we're different. Our smallest, and Ilya, this is, I'm still in it directly from Ilya. Ilya came up with this term, like our smallest unit that can be at a customer is far more affordable. So you're not looking at tens of thousands of dollars for a robot plus tens of thousands of dollars for programming. You get one robot, it comes as a service, it's ready to go. So it can start picking and packing for you. So we can, at least we hope, we can help people who are struggling with labor shortages just as much, but don't have the access to alternative means to, to address that. I can see how the technology can be used in the food manufacturing or beverage manufacturing space when it comes to packaging and sorting. But I'm wondering if Tiger Robotics has other industries as well that you're looking to target, whether that's in automotive or aerospace and how developed and how far along those ideas are there. Well, we're already branching out beyond food and beverage, I suppose. The We're looking at doing mail and sorting processing mail um kind of middle mile logistics the other aspect is e-commerce so i kind of alluded to that and that's something we really want to get into because as dimitri said if our smallest economical unit of automation can surface a much smaller scale than what is currently being than what can, the current market of automation can handle then we can go after two, three-person e-commerce businesses, which, I mean, that's pretty much any brick-and-mortar store after the pandemic. And we can help them leverage that automation because otherwise, the only people who can really make use of it are going to be the really large warehouses of the world. And then that's all we're going to be left with. Can you break that down for me a little bit further? I'm a little bit under-informed when it comes to e-commerce, and um, I'm just curious where Tiger Robotics would fit into an e-commerce business and how it would help, what what it would help automate, rather. Sure. So a lot of them obviously sell directly to customers. So one of the places where you're doing a lot of pick and packing is order picking. Another place is a lot of these businesses have kits where they take a bunch of SKUs and mix them together into bags that kind of either give us sampling, say if, it, say if it's a coffee shop or some kind of makeup um, store, they're going to have a couple of different items that they might want to package together. 
And one way to do that is to have a person just taking those skews, mixing them into a box, or you can do it with a robot and free up some labor. And, and that's really a key thing. Like if you're a five person shop, for you to go find someone to hire is so much, is such a larger chunk of the business being dedicated to that process than for a larger entity. And aside from something like what we're building, there really isn't an automation solution you can grab to handle such a, such a comparatively small task. You know, this brings up an interesting conversation uh, when it comes to the labor shortage. So I wanted to sort of go back to that. Um, there's been some conversation that uh, an increase in sort of AI or advanced technologies and, um, you know, automation may also exacerbate and make the, the, the labor shortage worse and, and uh, make it um, even larger because of maybe the advanced technologies required to operate these kinds of robots and it will make the talent search and the talent pool even smaller. So my question is, how automated are these robots how do you feel about what the robots are doing for the labor shortage? With everyone we've worked with so far, the robot did not replace anybody who was there or anybody they were going to be hiring. What it did is they it let them put people into more valuable positions. I can talk about some examples some customers we've talked to but are not working with because it's it's easier without giving away hints. But a really interesting example of that would be somebody like a winery where they have their sommeliers both packaging um, packaging wine bottles and at the same time engaging with customers. Well, when we were speaking to them, their goal in Explored Robotics was to get their staff engaging with customers more at the front of the house and having nobody pack at the back. And it, it tends to translate to everyone we've talked to. They want their people doing more useful work, engaging with customers more, doing something else. It's a pick and pack robot at the end of the day. it's It doesn't make complicated decisions. It, it's not going to assemble a car engine. It's going to pick up a screw from, from one box and present it to a person so they could do something else. So it really does automate the, the more basic pick and pass tasks. And in terms of reducing the labor pool, I don't think it will have an effect like that. Our robots are meant to work side by side with people. And one of the things we're working really, really hard on is so that the people working with these robots don't need a robotics degree. That's, that's more traditional automation. You get a robot, it's installed, it's integrated, it's attached to three different camera systems, two LiDAR systems, and a PLC, and suddenly you nobody who's in that shop can work with this robot. Our robot is meant to be intuitive, that everybody who works near it can use it, so your talent pool doesn't shrink in it at all. And nobody who would be working with this robot would be cut out of an opportunity like that. Saying that there won't be jobs that are going to be replaced by these robots is probably a bit disingenuous, but at the same time, you can't look at it at a case-by-case basis. Uh, you have to look at it holistically. There, there might be in one employer, you know, they downsize the number of staff, but this type of technology, especially with what you're saying about nearshoring and onshoring production, has the potential to make us a lot more, to create a lot more jobs and an example, I, I can't name the customer, obviously. This customer was bidding for a contract to produce a water-based product that is currently being imported into Canada from Mexico. And the thing is, because of the cost of labor, the local manufacturing simply could not meet the price point that the Mexican supplier was selling it to Canada for. 
So if you look at the whole picture, th this would have been potentially say 300 jobs without robots, but none of those jobs were created because at the end, the Canadian buyers chose to continue with their original supplier for cost reasons. If we could have maybe downsized it from 300 employees to 100 or 50 employees, mixed it in with robots, made it more cost competitive, we would maybe have 50 more jobs or 100 more jobs. And the other thing is, we are taking water from a country that is experiencing a drought and importing it to a country that is plentiful in water and and spending CO2 to transport water in the process. So the whole picture just, I, I think, is something people leave out when they talk about this. And I, I'm glad both of you raised that point. And I'm glad you clarified that because a lot of the manufacturers that, you, you know, sort of, you know, peruse our, our website have those kinds of questions about robotics and how it's going to affect the labor market and where the jobs are going to be created and um, how they'd be able to compete with, you know, south of the border and, and with Mexico on, on contracts and things like that. So um, that uh, sort of relates to my next question is I know the Tiger Robotics is focused on pick and place robots and, um you know, sort of some of those tasks that are not that overly complex. I'm wondering if Taiga has any designs on um, creating other kinds of robots that could be used in a manufacturing setting and if uh, those conversations are happening or how far along those conversations are, or if you're really just focused on growing the pick and place presence right now. But from the technology side, we are continuously planning to improve the number of so if you think of, a, of something a robot can do, you can think of it as a sequence of actions. It can pick something, it can manipulate it, it can rotate it, it can put it down, and it can chain those actions in, in a longer operation. So as our technology stack improves, we will be able to do more actions in a chain. So instead of you know, picking up a pepper and putting it into a bag, we'll actually, for a mail application, we'll be able to pick up a package, rotate it, find something on it, put it the right side up. But I think AI is overhyped in a lot of conversations where people tend to believe that it will solve everything tomorrow. And these problems are actually exceptionally difficult. So we are going to be looking at pick and place applications. We're going to be looking at expanding the sequence of actions it can take. So the robots will start becoming more and more applicable to more and more use cases. But if you're looking at something like, you know, doing assembly tasks or something significantly more complicated than that. I think I think artificial intelligence is a little ways away from making some of those more complex jobs possible. I'm sort of curious what you envision to be some of the key challenges that might pop up this year or in the near future. As you are participating in this program, what do you think you'll have to address or tackle uh, either through the program or afterwards, do you foresee having your own supply chain issues in terms of sourcing any parts if you guys are, you know, work experimenting with robots and stuff like that? So I can answer this, like our own supply chain issues. We're not invulnerable to it. We do import components that we use to assemble these robots. What we're trying to do is work with shops to do to manufacture a lot of our own goods so that we're not really dependent on too many OEM parts. And part of the reason we're doing that is because when you go to this different scale of automation, a lot of the cookie cutter solutions that are out there don't quite fit 
what our goals with some of these customers are. So we have to kind of get creative and it's, it's helped us make our supply chain a bit flexible, but ultimately there's not too many options for getting these types of robotics from Canadian suppliers. When I'm thinking about key challenges, I was sort of, uh, obviously that, you know, the supply chain is one of them. I was also sort of thinking about any sort of regulatory challenges Tiger Robotics might face. And what I'm wondering is if you have experienced any sort of delays in terms of growing your client base because of uh, procurement contracts and how uh, large they are at certain food manufacturing companies or, um, you know, things like that. Or has that been an issue that you've had to navigate or, or, or are you expecting, I guess, um, the supply AI program to help with that sort of thing? So on the regulatory front, we're very fortunate to be here in Canada where they're reasonably permissive with collaborative robotics. Okay. Uh, we don't see big problems with putting a robot that we say is collaborative and we've proven is collaborative in an environment mixed up with some people. We do our testing. Nobody is going to get hurt by these robots moving around. Uh, but you do see some clamping down. You've seen the Toronto banning AI robots from the sidewalks. And that's concerning. If a municipality or a federal or provincial government comes after this space, that could slow down our, our delivery to customers. And we would very much like to know if that's coming so we can fight against it. Makes sense. Yeah, and that's sort of exactly what I was wondering. This was um, a very enlightening and interesting conversation for me. I feel like I learned a lot. So thank you to the three of you for uh, sitting down and answering these questions. And uh, best of luck with the program. And I am definitely going to be keeping my eye on it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.